Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. The Bible said in Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I'm going to say this in passing, but he just didn't say a sacrifice acceptable unto God. He said a sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God. He's just not interested in any sacrifice. He's interested in a holy sacrifice unto him. Amen. Verse number 2 says this, Be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that is uh, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He said that uh, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Then I want to talk to you tonight and over the next few weeks, probably on Wednesday nights, about the will of God for our life and knowing the will of God. Now, I'm just going to throw this out in passing. But he said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our mind will have to be renewed in the Lord for us to be pleasing to God. Our worldly mind will never be pleasing to God. That's the reason he backs up into verse number 1 and says, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. We are to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, knowing the will of God for our life. Father, help us over the next few minutes. Illuminate our mind. Lord, I pray God that you'd help us. Lord, as we look into your word to get a clear understanding from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. A lot of times whenever you talk about the will of God, we think that the will of God is some mystery to us tonight. It's something that is, is um, hard for us to understand. And I want to say this to you tonight. The will of God is not hard to understand. Um, a lot of people, I've, made, I've heard this statement made. Um, you know, preacher, I'm just confused trying to find the will of God for my life. Well, when you make that statement, you tell me who you're talking to. Because the Bible says the devil is the author of confusion. God's not the author of confusion. And um, um, uh, we can know the will of God for our life. I'll just say this very simply. Just, uh, and I don't even have this wrote down. I, I'll, just, I'll just throw it out there for you to think on. There's some things that's the will of God for your life that you don't have to pray about. And, and can I say this? Salvation is God's will for everybody's life. You don't have to pray, God, if it's your will, am I supposed to be saved? No, he's not not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And it's the will of God for every man to be saved. I'll say this, supplication is the will of God for every man. Um, um, that we're to um, uh, make our prayer, make our supplication to God. It's God's will for us to pray tonight. We don't have to say, God, if it's your will, I'll pray a while. No, he said pray without ceasing. Amen. So it is the will of God. It's God's will for every believer to be separated. He said, 
said, therefore come out from among the world and be ye separated. I keep on, I have me an outline, won't it? And be separated uh, from the world. We're, we're to be a peculiar people. It's God's will for us to be different tonight. And those things, uh, um, uh, it, it's, it's settled in the word of God. We don't have to pray about those things. We do it. Um, but knowing God's will for my preacher, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Um, and I want to say this to you. There is a perfect will of God for every believer sitting in this room tonight. If you're saved, uh, then you're called to service. Every person in here tonight that's saved is called to do something. You say, well, preacher, what did God, what did God save me for? He just saved me to sit on church, you know. If that's all God saved you for, uh, and, and he don't want to use you for nothing, then God would have called you home to heaven the day that he saved you. The reason, and I've heard this statement made, preacher, I just think the Lord's done with me and don't have nothing left for me to do. If God didn't have nothing left for you to do, you wouldn't be sitting here tonight. God has has something for everybody to do. Now, that's exciting. Yeah, man, that's thrilling to know that God has a plan for my life, that God wants to use me, that God wants to let me, not just let me, but God wants me to do something for him. I get to work for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I get to serve uh, uh, the one that gave his life for me, uh, the one that was willing to leave the portals of glory and come to earth and suffer bleed and die. I get to do something for him. I don't have to. I get to. I don't have to come to church. I get to come to church. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. I don't have to preach. I get to preach. I don't have to pray. I get to pray. I don't have to worship. I get to worship. I don't have to sing. I get to sing. It is a privilege to serve the Lord tonight. Knowing the will of God, he has something for us to do. Every person from the youngest to the oldest in this room, he he has something for us to do. He has something for us to do. And you know what? We don't need to be like old Barr. You that was here Sunday night understands that statement. We don't need to be like old Barr. We don't need to go halfway across the Jordan with a king. We need to go all in in the service of God. I want to look at this tonight and, and show you a few things and probably, honestly, I won't ever get out of our first point tonight. But I'll say this number one tonight, or, or let me say this, when you get here, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I look that word beseech up and here's what he says, to beg, to call alongside in order to help or give aid. That's what he's saying. And Paul is saying, I beseech you. He's saying, I beg you. I call you alongside in order to help you or give you aid. And can I say this to you tonight? This word of God will help us and give us aid in the service of God. He said, I beseech you uh, or he said, I beseech you, therefore, whenever I came to that, I began studying that word, therefore. And it's one of four therefores in the book of Roman. There's three other therefores in the book of Roman. In chapter number three, let me show them to you real quick. 
It's Wednesday night Bible study. In chapter number three, there is the therefore of condemnation. Verse number 20 in chapter number three. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. There is the therefore of condemnation. By the law we are condemned and headed to hell. There's the therefore of condemnation. Chapter number 5 verse number 1. Therefore being justified. There's the therefore of justification. Time out. Hallelujah for justification. You say, preacher, what is justification? Here's your low gap term. Just as if I had never done it. Just as if I had never sinned. There was the therefore of condemnation. And, <laughs> and according to the law, I was condemned. But aren't you glad it didn't end there? There is the therefore of justification tonight. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Here's the way through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's the therefore of condemnation, the, the therefore of justification. But look at this right here in chapter number eight, verse number one. There's the therefore of affirmation. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. God affirms to us uh, that even though the law may have condemned us uh, that Jesus Christ and through the blood of Calvary has what? He has justified us and look at this, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit now the spirit confirms that therefore uh, of affirmation he affirms to us uh, that we are saved and walking after the Lord that's good stuff right there if I am the one saying it because it's right out of God's word then look at this, here is the therefore of dedication Chapter number 12, verse number 1. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. There's the therefore of dedication. You know what? When I look back at the condemned state that I was in, I was lost. I was on the road to hell. There was nothing that I could do within myself but cry out to a holy God. But I sure am glad that in my condemned state, I cried out to a holy God and he justified me and saved me and cleansed me with his blood and now the Holy Spirit confirms that in my soul and when I look at that, that ought to bring us to a place that is a therefore of dedication when we look at what God's done for us I'm supposed to be teaching tonight ain't I when we look at how God blessed us when we look at how God didn't rain judgment down upon us but God loved us and God cared for us yet when we was in sin Christ died for us and God saved us he's clothed us in our right mind he allows us to live in a great country the least thing I can do tonight is dedicate myself back to God is say God here is this vessel Lord help me to make it holy Lord help me to make it pleasing to you and God take this old clay and do something with me. It's that therefore of dedication. And that's what we see right here. Man, I'm telling you, hallelujah for the day that he found us. You know what, church? He could have saved us and then called us home to glory. But he didn't. 
He didn't. You know what he does? He allows us. God lets me work for him. God lets me, Brother Josh, now serve him. And you know what? Here's the thing. God knew after he saved me that I was going to mess up. That's the reason that Holy Spirit's there to confirm what God done in your heart. He knew, Brother Cody, that there was going to be times that we would open our mouths when we should have kept them closed. He knew there would be times that we failed God and we failed God miserably. But you know what he did? Instead of saying, now that you're saved, I'm taking you to glory. He said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He knew we would mess up. He knew that we would fail. He knew every mistake that we would make. But he still left us here for a reason and for a purpose and that is to serve him with our whole heart. We get to do that. We get to do that. Uh, let me show you something in here. Knowing God's will requires surrender and dedication. It requires surrender and dedication. Uh, I thought about this. Presenting one's body as a living sacrifice means to use my body and my life to serve Christ. Now, I know that I'll say more about this in just a second. But can I say this to you? He didn't say that we present our bodies to Christ wholly acceptable. He said that we present our, our bodies a living sacrifice. Not just a sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. The difference is this, that Old Testament, that sacrifice was dead. We present our bodies a living sacrifice. What did the high priest do? He presented that sacrifice on the altar, Brother Ryan. He presented that, but that sacrifice was dead. And here's what God is saying. I'm not interested in a dead sacrifice. I'm interested in a living sacrifice. It's right now. I work for God right now because if I'm dead, I can do nothing for God. He said that we presented a living sacrifice. Let me show you something about this. This is a free will decision. A free will decision. Don't let that word free will scare you. It's a free will decision. Salvation was a free will decision. You said, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. You had a free will to do what you wanted to when God spoke to your heart. God didn't pick you up by the nap of the head, drag you to an altar and sling you in it and smack you three times to get you saved. God spoke to your heart in a still small voice and then it was your choice whether to accept Christ into your heart. And, and now that you're saved, you have a free will decision on what you're going to do for God. You know what you can do? You can sit on a pew and do nothing the rest of your life. Or... Or you can serve God. Amen. Or you can wholeheartedly put your life in the service of God. It is a free will. I cannot, I cannot make you come to church. I can't do it. I cannot make you and your spouse get along. 
I cannot make you a husband love your wife as Christ loved the church. I cannot make the wife be submissive to her husband. All of that is free will. It is in our heart what we're going to do. And I'll say this to you tonight. Knowing the will of God requires surrender. It requires that we put ourselves on the altar. It requires that we say, God, not my will, but thine be done. It requires a free will decision. He wants, to, you, he wants us to do this from a willing heart. I must choose to dedicate myself to Christ rather than the pursuit of selfish desires. You mean tell you the reason some people's not here tonight? Because of selfish desires. I understand some people had to work, but some people just stayed at the house. You mean tell you the reason some people won't be at church Sunday morning? Because selfish desires. And can I just say this? Besides you having to work to support your family, not just to make a little bit of extra money on overtime. Boy, it got a little quiet right there on that one. But you supporting your family, you being dead dog sick, or you being out of town every once in a while, there is no excuse for not going to church. Amen. There is no excuse. You say, well, I done this and I done... Well, you can say all you want to. Y'all ought to be hollering it's Wednesday night and you're sitting at church, okay? <laughs> There's no excuse for not going to the house of God. And that decision... To present our bodies to God is a free will decision and it's a pursuit of God instead of a pursuit of selfish desires. I must deny the flesh and pursue the spirit. And I want to say this about that. That is a daily thing. Paul said that he buffeted himself daily. He said, I die daily. You have to die to the old man daily. Let me tell you the person that I have the greatest battle with, it's not my wife, it's not my children, it's not somebody that don't like me, and there is some of those. It's not somebody that don't like me. Let me tell you who I fight with more than any brother Ryan, this old boy right here. I have more trouble with me than I do anybody else. I have more problems with me than I do anybody else. And here's the thing. I must deny my flesh and pursue the Spirit of God. Think about this with me. The phrase present your body is from the Greek word and, and, and it means this, to, to put at disposal or to offer. It is used also in Romans 6.13. The word present is in the eritist infinitive tense, which means a once and for all decisive action. We are to present our bodies um, once and for all to the Lord, just as a bride and a groom are to present themselves once and for all to one another. The word bodies indicates our whole being as well as our physical body. We present once and for all. We give that to God once and for all. I, you know, some people, I don't mean this ugly, but man, they'll get in the altar. And Brother Josh, you've seen this, Pastor. And for, for a month, son, they're going to tire the world up. 
And then six weeks later, you... Where's old brother such and such? Where's old brother such? Let me tell you what the problem is. They never got to this place where once and for all, they presented themselves to God. Can I just say this to you? What is there to go back to? What is there to go back to? If you've ever been truly sold out and wholeheartedly surrendered to the things of God, I have nothing to go back to. I have nothing to go back to. So it's at once and for all. We do not pursue the will of God in order to be saved. We pursue the will of God because we have been saved. We present our bodies a living sacrifice to God because we have been saved. Listen to this. Why should we present our bodies to God? Why should now that we're saved, should we give our body back to God? Why should we say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done? Why should Sunday mornings, should we get up and present ourselves to God at the house of God? Sunday school. Sunday school. 11 o'clock worship service. 6 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Every revival, sir. Why should we do that? We don't do it just for the preacher. Why do we do that? Let me show you something. Number one, I would say, because my body is bought by the Lord. That's why I do it. Listen to what the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 7, 23. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. If I buy something, it's no longer someone else's. Olivia and I rode up to Galax today, and 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 I, I know y'all find this hard to believe, but I like to trade on stuff. And uh, we rode up to Galax today. A guy up there had been looking for a guitar, and and I just happened to come across one that that I thought he might be interested in. So we rode up to Galax today and showed it to him, and kicked around up there at Bar's Fiddle Shop a while, and just had a good time this afternoon, just me and her. And we come back down the hill. Whenever we come back down the hill, I looked at her and I said, uh, just right outside Galax, and I said, "Do you think you need a little snack up here at the store?" And she said, "Oh yeah." So we pulled in there, and whenever we pulled in there, we walked in, and we both got a Diet Lipton green tea because there's no sugar in it, Brother Ryan. We got a Diet Lipton green tea, but when I walked past the Almond Joys, I failed. Okay, that is my weakness right now. I failed. I've been doing good. But I failed when I seen that Almond Joy. I picked that Almond Joy up. I walked up there to the counter. Olivia laid her stuff down. Brother Josh, I paid them for that stuff. I bought that stuff. And I walked out the door, opened it up, and ate it and loved every doggone minute of it. And then drunk my diet, Lipton Green. I might as well got a Mountain Dew. But I drunk my diet, Lipton Green Tea, and come down the road. You know what? Nobody ran out the door after me going, what are you doing with that? Why? Because I bought it. It was not that store's property any longer. It was mine. Why? Because I paid the price for it. Look up in here tonight. This is not mine. I belong to somebody else. Somebody else has paid the full price for this. You say, well, that ain't worth much. It might not be to you, but to God, it was worth it. Yeah. 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 
I'm about to shout on a Wednesday night. To God, it was worth everything. To Jesus, it was worth his life. So I'm not mine. Why do I present myself to God? Why do I serve God? Why am I faithful to him? Because he's my owner. It's not mine. Think about this. It is bought by the Lord. It is bought with a great price. First Peter said this, For as much as we know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. Precious blood of Christ. And you are not your own. Why do we present it to Him? Here's the reason we do. Since it has been bought, it is not our own anymore. 1 Corinthians says this, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God? You're not your own. Your body is the temple and the home of the Holy Spirit of God. So what I put in my body, I put in the Holy Ghost. Got quiet right there, didn't it? What I put in my body, and I'm going to tell you something. You can laugh at me, poke fun at me all you want to. But I'm going to tell you something. God smote my heart, brother Josh, over things I was putting in my body. Amen. Hey, look, you can preach on every other sin and everybody shout, but you get on gluttony and watch how fast it gets quiet. Can I just tell you something? I'll never get another body to serve God with. I'll never get another body to preach with. I'll never get another body to, to, to present back to God and to give back to God. Hey, look, if he give me what he did, the least thing I can do is try to take care of this right here so I can serve him correctly. Boy, it's getting quiet up in the house of God tonight. Buddy, it's right. It's right. It's right. Think about this. Your body's the temple and the home of the Holy Spirit. Your body is to glorify God. 1 Corinthians 6.20 For we are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Our body is to glorify God. What I put on should glorify God. Amen. Amen. Ladies, what you put on should glorify God. If you leave your home and go outside the four walls of your home, you're to be willing to stand before God in what you've got on. And if you can't with a clean conscience, then you're not representing God correctly. Yeah, man, down at the house of God tonight. I don't plow on this tater patch much, but it's still right for the lady to adorn herself in modest apparel. In modest apparel. And you know, I just say this. When you go outside that home, you'll look like a lady. Yeah, man. I'm just telling you, it's what the Bible said, our body. You say, well, God looks on the inward. You're exactly right. But also God told me my body was to glorify him. Well, that's good preaching. Your body is to magnify Christ. What did he say in Philippians? He said this, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed 
but that with all boldness is always so now also Christ shall magnify in my body whether it be by life or by death. He said this in 2 Corinthians 4, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. In our body. What about this? Your body is to be disciplined and under control. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I myself should be. Our body is to be disciplined and under control. I heard an individual say this not long ago. Uh, and the statement was made, you, you need to put a filter on your mouth. And, and the individual said, that, I know, but I just can't. It's just the way I was. Well you, well, you know what you just said? I'm not submitting myself to Christ. Our body is to be disciplined and under control. My mouth is to be under control. My eyes is to be under control. My ears is to be under control. My hands is to be under control. My feet should be under control. My mind is to be under control. Those times that your mind runs wild on thoughts it's not supposed to have, you know what you better? You better get in the Word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not, it's getting quiet, but I'm preaching good, that I might not sin against the Lord. And we are to have a disciplined body under control. Say, preacher, I just can't do this or I just can't do that. You have no self-control. You have no self-discipline. I just absolutely cannot do without that food, preacher. You have no self-discipline. You have no self-discipline. I'll starve to death. I promise you, you won't. You won't. You may think you're going to the first day or two, but you won't. You'll be all right. You'll be just fine. Boy, it's quiet, but I'm telling you, it's truth tonight. This is God's. And it's not mine. It's not what's pleasing to me, Brother Josh, because the things of God are not pleasing to the things of the flesh. They're not. They're not. The flesh says do this. God says do this. Amen. Amen. I, I, I want you to see this tonight. It's not only to be a free will decision. All of that's up to you what you do with it. But I say this tonight. It's to be a living decision. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? We are to present our bodies as living, not dead sacrifices. Only Christians, and I want you to stay with me right here. Only Christians, only the saved, only the blood-bought gang can present their bodies as a living sacrifice. Let me tell you the reason why. Everybody else is dead. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. What is quickened? It's made alive. You ever cut your fingernail into the what? 
quick and went, man, that hurt. Why did that hurt? Because you got to the place where something living was. And the day I got saved, God made me a living creature. I was, I'll say it the way the old timers said it, I was born again. That's what Paul Barker would have said. I was born again. I was born again. I was saved. I passed from death unto life. And God says the only way that you're going to present your bodies as sacrifice unto me is if you're living, if you're saved. Let me tell you the reason lost man don't serve God. He's not living. Let me tell you the reason lost man uh, is not favored to the house of God. He's not living. He's never been saved. He's never been saved. I thought about this. How does a person present their body as a living sacrifice? How do they do that? And, and, and there's a lot that can be said. I'm going to read you just a couple illustrations right here. And then we're going to go home. There's a lot that can be said about that. All, that, that, that sacrifice was placed on the altar. You live your life on the altar. You live your life in prayer. Going down the road, you can pray. But Taylor says it's, it's where he does the biggest part of his praying at is driving down the road. You can pray. Think about this. What does Paul mean? Here's what one writer said. Let me illustrate the answer. John MacArthur shares the story of a Chinese Christian who was moved with compassion when men of his countrymen were taken to work as coolies in South African mine. In order to be able to witness to these men, this prompted old man, this prompted the old man to, to, to sell himself to the mining company to work as a coolie for five years. He died there, still a slave, but not until he had won more than 200 men to Jesus Christ. He was truly a living sacrifice for the master's use. Truly. In the mid-17th century, a well-known Englishman was captured by the uh, um, Algerian pirates and made a slave. While in slavery, he started a church. When his brother arranged his release, he refused his freedom having vowed to remain a slave until he died in order to continue serving the church that he started in slavery. Today, a plague in an Algerian church bears, I mean a plaque in an Algerian church bears his name. He too was a living sacrifice for Christ. I read this and I'll give it to you in closing. Madeline, come start playing softly. On one of the old Roman coins was a figure of an ox standing between a plow and an altar with the inscription, ready for either. This is the attitude of the sold-out Christian who presents his body as a living sacrifice. He is ready for service and for sacrifice. So how does he present his body as a living sacrifice? The body becomes a living sacrifice when it is yielded to the Lord and used for his glory. 
our eyes, our ears, our feet, our hands, our tongue, and our minds are giving to him. As we stand here tonight, can we look at the plow and look at the altar and say, I'm ready for either. I'm ready for either. You know what he was saying? Lord, whatever your will is for my life, that's what I'm willing to do. The very center and the very perfect of God's will is by far the happiest place you'll ever be. And I say this reluctantly, but I believe I'm truthful in saying it. A lot of people will never experience that because it is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. I say this, I'm grateful to make that sacrifice. I'm grateful, Brother Josh, to make that sacrifice. Because really, when we look at what he did, it's no sacrifice. Matter of fact, and I really wanted to get to it tonight, but there's no way. He said this in that verse, which is what? Your reasonable. Your reasonable service. When you think about that, when we look at the blessings of God, it's only reasonable that we sacrifice ourselves back to God. It's only reasonable that we say here or Zimbabwe, that's where I want to be. Last night in Bible college, I was teaching Bible college, and I was teaching on the subject of prayer. That's what I'm teaching through these 13 weeks. And I was teaching on the subject of prayer. I opened it up like this. I, I, well, we talked about a couple different things, but one of the questions I asked is, what is one big thing that you're praying for right now in your life? And as the guys and the gals begin interacting with it, Brother Josh said this. He said, I am praying for God's will, whatever that is. He said, if God wants me to remain as Amazing Grace and work pretty much as an evangelist out of Amazing Grace like he's been doing and preaching places, then that's what I want to do. God wants me to go pastor again, then that's what I want to do. He said, one of the big things I'm praying for right now is God just let me do exactly what you want me to do. Let me tell you what knowing the will of God is. Knowing the will of God starts with this right here. Number one, you know you're saved. You know you're saved. And then number two, you find your place in an altar and you present your body to God. And you say, God, here am I. God, here am I. God, here am I. Whatever it is that you want with my life, that's what I'm willing to do. That's what I'm willing to do. I want to say this. I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say this because the Lord told me to say this. So I'm going to say it. Running from things God's speaking to you about will never help anything. Jonah had God's call on his life. And he decided to run somewhere else. But you know what he found out? When he got in the bottom of that boat and laid his head down, God was still there. God's still there. 
So if God's dealing with you in something in your life, you running off somewhere else, God ain't going to stop dealing. There will come a time when God says, okay, you can have it your way. But I don't want my way. I want God's way. I want God's way for my family. I want God's way for my home. I want God's way for my children. I have in my mind what I'd like for my children to do as they get older, but I want God's will in that. But Ronnie, it'd be really hard. It'd be really hard for, for Madeline to marry a preacher and God call them to the mission field and then pack up and go to the jungles of Africa somewhere. I don't lie, man. It'd be hard. It'd be really hard, but you know what? My daughter would be safer in the jungles of Africa in the center of God's will than she would be sitting right here serving with her daddy. I just want his will. I just want what he wants. And knowing the will of God all begins with complete sacrifice to him. Complete sacrifice to him. I'm gonna say, I promise you I'm dumb and I'm going to say this in closing. When you get to that point, God may see how serious you really are. And God may put some things out there that He wants out of your life that's not necessarily a sin. But He wants to see how serious you are with Him. And I found this to be true. If you'll just listen to Him, Brother Tim, and get those things on out of your life, the journey's a whole lot better. Sometimes God wants to see how serious we are. There might be some man, and, and, and I don't know why the Lord's brought me to this for two weeks now. And that call to preach has been in your life. Let me tell you something tonight. That God been speaking to you about that. God may just be willing to see God may just be wanting to see if you are willing for it. Have you ever said, okay, Lord, I will. And you know what? You may say that and that call leave your life. That, that burden leave your life. God wants to know, Brother Aaron, we're willing to do anything. Sir, He wants to know that you and your wife is willing to go to a mission field and work in a kid's home if you're not a preacher. He wants to know. Boy, it's quiet tonight. He wants to know that we're willing for anything. Not my will, Lord. This is what He prayed but thine be done. And here's what the Bible said. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So some of those prayers that you're praying, He's probably not even hearing them because they're not according to His will. That's the reason when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, He said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And Jesus heard us, or God heard His prayer. God, take me. I give you my body. Take me and do what you want to do with it.